and welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. And I've been waiting for this show for so long. Oh, I've been waiting for this show. Oh, I really want to jump into it. But there's been other happenings in the NFL. And Stevie D, I'm going to tell you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What could that be? Just let it play out. What could that be? Stevie D, the autumn winds. There's a reason why you played that clip. The autumn winds. The autumn winds in L.A., in Las Vegas, in Oakland, all over the place. They they are just a brewing. And, and Not looking good. No, Mark Davis had, had to had to make a play. It, you know, everything, and, and we're talking about John Gruden is what we're talking about. Everybody knows the story, right? The the leak of the emails uh, that John Gruden had with Bruce Allen there with the Washington football team, you, you had initially it came out with the disparaging comments regarding DeMora Smith, right, uh, head of the player, NFL Players Association. And um, – there were a lot of people, Stevie D, there were a lot of people that were calling for Gruden to be fired after the first email or those first set of emails regarding DeMore Smith. And the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they all basically were in a posture of, well, this happened back in 2011, nothing to see here, Right. Gruden came out to the podium, had a statement. During his statement, he said, I don't have a racist bone in my body, right? He solicited friends, Tim Browns of the world, right, to come to his defense, to come to his aid uh, and, you know, say that this is a great guy, right? You know, you didn't hear from Derek Brooks or Warren Sapp. Just saying, you didn't hear from those guys, right? But he went to his guy. Keyshawn. Well, we heard from Keyshawn after. Yes. We, we heard from Keyshawn after. Not in the favorable. <laughs> not, not in the favorable. So he, did, he didn't have, you know, he had limited support. You know, guys patting him on the back saying, no, this is still a good guy. But then there was more, right? But the timing of when everything was being released really comes into question when you talk about um, – about Mark Davis and the Raiders organization and Roger Goodell because now you have the Las Vegas Raiders that are preparing for a game that's going to take place on Sunday. You know, do they make a change? And, and the, the question that I have here or the point that I have here is that if Gruden had gotten sick, right, Right. Say he had an emergency appendectomy or say he had COVID, right? Say say something happened that had to take him away at that 23rd hour. The, the Raiders would have then taken one of the assistants yep. and moved them into the role of head coach for that game, right? They get better, John. You know, if he's in the hospital, get better, John. Everything will be okay. They would have moved him out, right, and gone forward. The Raiders opted to leave Gruden in place to coach in that Bears game, 
right? All the distractions that are going on, right? Uh, and, and there were still more to come. But that was all off of the DeMore Smith email, right? Mm-hmm. And then the mushroom cloud exploded, right? And then you started hearing everything else. And, and I mean, when you go down through the list, and, and I have a lot of it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to repeat some of the the words that were being used, right? You you can surmise for yourself, right? But here you have obviously talking about we said about Demore Smith talking about Roger Goodell, right? Calling a, a homophobic slur towards Roger Goodell, right? Uh, using a female body part, right? A slang female body part for Roger Goodell, right? Uh, and you think about this, if I'm Roger and I'm hearing about this, his blood has got to be boiling. But why wasn't Roger's blood boiling before, right? But then you, you well, ex- and that's exactly right. And then you had uh, what he was talking about, uh, former President Barack Obama, former Vice President, current President Joe Biden. You had... Uh, his talks about Jeff Fisher, Coach Jeff Fisher, at the time of the St. Louis Rams, right? Uh, you had um, his towards Michael Sam, right? You had towards Caitlyn Jenner. You know, he was mocking Caitlyn Jenner. You had – these are all in emails that they're finding. You had about um, – who, who's the DB, DVD? Uh, Eric Reed. Oh, you had yeah, Eric Reed. Again, this list is going from. What about the cheerleaders? Well, not there yet. <laughs> so we have because that one, that one's different, right? It, it kind of maybe. So you had we the more Smith started here, right, and then it started to grow, and this is this was that. Did that other stuff come out before? I think that other stuff came out after the football game. Some came out Saturday because they were saying it's worse. Right, because well, I think we heard it was worse, but I don't know if we knew what it was. We didn't. They did. Yes, correct. Because they Mike Mayock came out and said yes. that they didn't want to make the change um, because they wanted the uh, proper time to vet the whole story. That's right. And what was real, trying to d- differentiate what's real, what's not. But why couldn't you suspend him with pay? Until pen, pending that, what comes out over the weekend, and that's what I'm saying. That's exactly if, if he was sick, right? If he was sick, emergency appendectomy, COVID, whatever, he can't coach. Then they would have made a an alternative plan to have somebody on the sidelines, right? But it wasn't that big of a deal for them when it was just more Smith. Then it started to grow, right? And now you got all this on top of that, right? On top of that, to your point, he's sharing emails with with Bruce Allen, right, that had cheerleaders that were topless. Forcing right? them to be topless in the suit, in a photo shoot, excuse me. And think, about, think about this again. Cheerleaders for the Washington football team that were topless, Right. And, and then it all comes to a head. And Gruden's initial, no, I don't have a racist bone in my body. That was a mistake. Well, what was all this other stuff, right? That wasn't a mistake, right? This is what you do. When you look at the body of work, this is what you do. And then, you know, obviously everything goes down. 
they decide that they're going to go in a different direction. I think their hands were tied, right? You talked about your former owner, right, performing a sexual act on you, your former owner. And, and the guy that you're in the conversation with is backing you up <laughs> in, in this, right? It's like, what what is going on here? But I bring this back. I'm going to let you talk for a minute. But I, I bring this back, Stevie D, because not only is, is what happened, right, just reprehensible, right? But when you think about Gruden, this has to be the dumbest thing in the world. The absolute dumbest thing. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why, but I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead. So, so there's a couple of things, right? So I think what we learned about John Gruden, that on the negative side, you know, we talk about employers being equal uh, opportunity employers, EOE. Mm-hmm. Well, he's an EOE when it comes to making fun of anyone and everyone of all cultures and all races and all this. I mean, he's just literally that big of a jerk. Yes. I mean, he's attacked anyone and everyone of all cultures pretty much, right? He, he Caitlyn Jenner, Michael Sam, Demora Smith, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. It, 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 the trifecta or whatever you want to call that, he's hit every gamut and it just shows who he is. And if I was a player, especially today, because he walked out that door, I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, oh my God, I played for this man. I gave him all I had. And this is what he is. Uh, it's uh, very concerning there. Uh, obviously, the Raiders made the change. Carl Nassib, right? I mean, he had to take a personal day today. Right? Like, here I am. I I came out. I put my whole career, my name on the line here. And I'm playing for a phony. He says he's supporting me, but I'm, I'm playing for a phony. Right? So that's got had to mess up his mind there for a few days, if not still, right? But here's the other the thing, and I don't want to take away from John Gruden, but this goes back to the Washington football team as well. I mean, we 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 lose this for John Gruden, but the Washington football team is really a dysfunctional house. I mean, truly a dysfunctional house. I, I, Dan Snyder is the head of this dysfunctional house, and he's been going on to be able to run this football team, he got sued. He got uh, how many millions of dollars he got fined or whatever he got fined. I, I think it was a significant fine, right? Women were coming out and how bad this organization is. So, you know, Dan Snyder's not not very good. Bruce Allen is not very good. It's a whole – it's a systemic problem within this organization. This organization needs to be cleansed from the owner down, and they all need to go. This is a huge problem for the NFL. This is a huge problem not just for the NFL but – for the fans of that football team, for the NFL community as a whole, this is awful. I mean, the NFL forced out Richardson, I think it was his name in Carolina. Yeah. I don't forget yeah. his first name, but he was Jared. an older owner, and Jared. he had some issues with, with women. They forced him to sell. The Clippers. Well, frequent visitor to the show. Hey, Terry. Right. You got, you got the Clippers. Right, owner was sold. The Washington football team has been a disaster with 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 Dan Snyder and all their leaders. They had to bring outside counsel. They tried to mask it with the the sister now running the team or something. That they, they should be forced to sell immediately. 
and all those executives should be all dismissed because they're, hold, they're a hold, huge hold, issue in the NFL. Hold on, CBD. And, and not that I'm dismissing what you're saying there, right? And not that I don't disagree with what you're saying there, right? There is something to these emails that goes beyond Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team. We already know that there were uh, high-level corporate execs from Hooters, from, yeah, from oh PDQ, from the Outback Bowl that were part of these email chains that were going back and forth. This correspondence but it all comes back, back to the Washington football team. Well, it all goes back to ESPN, <laughs> to the guy that was working for ESPN. That's who it goes back to, right? He's the originator of it. And he sent to guy, mainly the conversation was to the Washington football team, right? When you make but, cheerleaders at a photo shoot, in order to do a photo shoot, you have to go topless to do a photo shoot that's not a topless photo shoot. You got problems in that organization. Well, you got some I, serious problems in that organization. You, you're casting blame there, but it could be much greater than just what's happening. This this could be a pandemic across the league. Sure, in that what we know right now, the Washington Football Team of past charges, past things that happened. We know Daniel Snyder is not a well liked owner to begin with, um, because of his shenanigans. The fans can't stand him, but that's I mean that's has nothing to do with what, what's going on behind the scenes. But they got in a lot of trouble. And now all these emails are coming out, and, and the one constant right now, it's all funneling in through the Redskins. This, this is true. This right? is it's true. It's not funneling through the um, Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the you know the New Orleans Saints. It's all funneling right now. Is the team right now is is the Washington football team? But we're connecting dots, right? And, well, and, and I, I'm not casting emails. emails is going to lean in. I mean, he they went in on the owners. Gruden went in on the owners. With Bruce Allen. So, I mean, that's just an interesting how that's going to play out with, with some of these emails. Hey, Jay, I thought you were going to be on the show, right? You're, you're chiming in from the side. But you're, you're right. Now, Stevie D, I, I want to bring this up, right? It, because this you, – Are you going to do a PSA? Are you going to do a PSA here? You know, I may have to change my hat, right? <laughs> Go back in the time machine, Stevie D, because – if we go many moons ago, right, before all this gray started getting in the beard and, you know, all that, uh, in, my, in my former life, however you want to put it, uh, while working in IT for an organization, when we would have folks come in, right, uh, now this is 2000, right? Let, let me date this. This is 2000. These emails were 2011, Let's just be clear. A full decade has passed, right? So when you look at that first part of the decade in 2000, 2001, I would do presentations and trainings with regards to corporate IT, right? Kind of your do's and your don'ts, right? The do's would always be like, don't look at porn, right? That You know, common, simple things. Right. Don't gamble, right? Don't stream. Don't use the company resource as like a a um, a torrent server or Napster at the time back in the day. These are the don'ts, right? 
And then you had your dues, right? The dues were always do your job. <laughs> it really was a very small story. Just do your job. Do the things that you know that are doing your job. And it also carried over to internet, or I'm sorry, to email, right? But when I started the whole thing, I would tell people, this computer, the connection that you have is the company's, right? There is no expectation of privacy. Zero. Meaning what you do, we can always trace it back to you, and there's records. And I would even go as far as to say we back up daily, weekly, monthly. They're on tape. That's how old this was, right? They're on tape. And we put the tape in an off-site storage so that we have that for a period of time. I told this to people. Some people, when they heard this, they were like, oh, my goodness, wow, right? You know, I didn't know all that. Okay, well, you just learned something today, right? But most people understood that their actions, their activities were could, could be monitored and potentially would be monitored, right? Again, this is 2000 that I'm having this conversation. From 2000 to 2011, this conversation, I wasn't the only one having it, right? I know others that had that, right? I know that uh, there's people in, right? <laughs> I know that there's people in other companies, you know, throughout not only the state of Florida, the United States, throughout the world that had the same conversation. Plus, there would be little notices that you, you would see out on the internet when you're at home, you know, that this site is being monitored or this blah, 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 right? So you know. And people would often have a conversation to say, you know, I hate that Big Brother's watching me. Well, if you know that Big Brother's watching you, then you understand that there's, you know, something that's being stored. So again, we go back to the do's and the don'ts, right? In email, right? We'll start with the do's. Or maybe we start with the don'ts, but do be professional, right? Be courteous, be responsive, right? Hold on, the, hold on a second. Hold on. This PSA is brought to you by official <laughs> <Yeah>, word sports. <laughs> right. But these are the things. These are the do's. It, it was very short, right? Of what you had to do. The don'ts on the other side. Don't curse, right? Oh yeah. Don't yeah. don't be abusive. Don't bully. Okay. Now, now again, these are all obvious things that you think when you're using a corporate email. Do not uh, send any type of pictures, uh, especially sexually related pictures. Don't do that. Do and not leave them on your hard drive. <laughs> right. D don't uh, use anything that could be deemed. Racial, homophobic, anything in that light, right? Stay away from political comments, right? So, you know, people like to used to like to put certain things in their email signature. Y you should take that off, right? You should be as agnostic as possible in this. And you have your long list of your don'ts, right? And people went through that. Most people said, oh, yeah, yeah, I already knew that, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you just went on. What John Gruden did was he looked at the list that said do and said, no, I don't need to worry about that, right? Let me look at the side that said don't and went through every single thing you talk about in the don't and put these into emails 
that he was corresponding with Bruce Allen on Bruce Allen's work. Now, this I they haven't confirmed because Gruden at the time was working for ESPN, yeah. so they haven't confirmed the origin of the emails, whether or not they were at his .espn.com. You know, we don't know, but we do know that it was, he was sending to to Bruce Allen. Which you know, hindsight be a twenty twenty. If I'm Bruce Allen, WTF? Well, why are you sending this to this email account? But and, and let me take it a step further, right? Cool, said, dude. What are you doing? Right? <laughs> Not this one. Send it to Bruce.Allen at Gmail, and, and they could have had conversations to their hearts' content, right? Here's another thing, Stevie D. Think about it. When you, or when they say when you commit a crime, right, they always say commit the crime by yourself, right, so that nobody else can talk, right? What he did was he engaged. Well, you commit a, the crime and you whack everybody else that was involved. Well, the Tony Soprano style, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. I was thinking Goodfellas myself. When well, they all yeah. started spending the money, they all got whacked. Well, so... Sidebar, I'll get back to that, just because I'll forget this. Stevie D and I, we converse all the time. I call him up. It was no more than 30 seconds into the conversation. I'm like, ooh, I forgot why I called you. <laughs> and it goes on. Now, because I've reached a certain age, that has expanded. But like, Not that I remember five minutes later, but it's like five days later that I hit him up. Hey, Stevie D, I got to say this because I'll forget it. Did yes. you see many say yeah. And so oh, now I can get it like I got a text today. It says, Oh, I remember. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh, I remember what it was. But here's the problem. Now I remember many saints. Right? So now I've been throwing out many saints. Anyways, going back to this. When you commit a crime, they always tell you don't include other people in the crime because those are the people that could eventually and usually always lead to somebody getting caught in the crime that they've committed. Right, somebody's got to talk. Somebody, you, you've there's too much risk that's out there. If this is what you thought, John, right, sending this to somebody else in something that's going to be stored is the dumbest thing in the world that you did, right? Because if you ever had a say, say this didn't come out, but say you and Bruce had a falling out, and say you got really nasty, Bruce could pull up the email. Look what I got from John. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Maybe there was a no-knock warrant, similar to what I, that appears to be what happened here. There's a no-knock warrant, and they come busting in, and they're like, "We want all of these hard drives. We want all the backups, and we're going to start reading." Guess what? It wasn't on yours, but you were caught on theirs. Right? Stupidest thing ever. And the fact that he is receiving the backlash from some, not all. The fact that he's receiving the backlash, I, I have no problem with it. I have a problem with those that have condoned it, right? So he gets taken out of the Bucks ring of honor. I have no problem with it, yeah, right? Because you did something that is just, just utterly stupid, right? They're not taking away the Buccaneers Super Bowl victory. They're not taking away the fact that your name is on the trophy and that, you know, you'll forever be in the record books, right? They did Reggie Bush you, right? But they did take you out of the Ring of Honor. Now, there's another reason why they probably were so quick to take you out of the Ring of Honor. is because they saw their name 
listed in, in the email, right? So I that's probably that right there. Right? That, that may be why they acted so quick. Because I mean, it was like that. Bam, gone. <laughs> there's there's the announcement. But at, at the end of the day, if you are siding with Gruden, then you're complicit in what he's saying, right? And, and there there's no there's no reason to be, right? You may have certain feelings on on who should be president. You should have you could have certain feelings about uh, the LGBTQT community, right? There, there's all these different things that you can have your opinion, and, and that's what makes this country great is that everybody is entitled to their opinion, right? It's when you start to act on your opinions, you know, it can be very small and, and innocuous as just in an email, or it could be full fledged where you're doing something, you know, well, very fine. You're a phony. You, you are a phony. But, you know, because you have your opinion, that's fine. You don't act upon it. And the stupidity of you acting on it is the cause for the backlash that you're getting. And that's what people have to understand. More than what his opinion was, it's the stupidity. And that that's what happened. So, yeah, that, those are my thoughts on that. You know, we could go on and on on this DVD. Because it, well, the story's I, I think not this is the tip of the iceberg. This is not right. the last time we talk about this, right? You are absolutely um, right. 650,000 emails or something they said. But you know what's interesting, and we really didn't touch on this piece, is so Adam Schefter of ESPN, right? Yeah. He's come out and apologized. But when you're talking about somebody in the media, he sent a story that he was typing up to Bruce Allen to edit and say, is this accurate? Change what you want before I publish it. Like that is a pretty big deal that you um, allowed uh, somebody from, um, from the outside, if you will, to modify your story to, to what, how maybe they wanted to change a narrative to the story. Would he have let it go through? I thought that was an interesting scenario. So you, you had said this, to me earlier, either today or yesterday, with regards to Schefter. And I was like, oh, how, how did you get that one? Right. So, but out of that one, what's what's very interesting and what I'm trying to understand, there's there's two things, right? First is he sent a an advanced copy of the yes. story to Bruce Allen. Yes. What did Bruce Allen do? They didn't say, or I haven't read what he did with the article. They just came out because in the in the email that was sent to Bruce Allen, it was the comments that he wrote in there, Mister Editor, go in and put you know change whatever you want, and 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 if I have something incorrect, go ahead and put your thing. And Bruce Allen could have put anything in, right? And it may not have been true. Now I don't know if that happened or not. I don't even know if he actually ran with the story. The disturbing part was the email that he sent to Bruce Allen that was reviewed that came out, uh, whether Adam admitted to it. Adam admitted to what he did, how it got released out to the public, because the NFL has stated they haven't leaked anything. That's that right. This is all coming from others. That's right. right. And so, and I can believe that as well as, as much as I don't believe the NFL, I don't think the NFL wants this to play out in the public at all because it makes them look very dysfunctional. Well, I think to that, it goes back to what we said before. We know about 
PDQ. We know about Hooters, and we know about the Outback, the guy that's in charge of the Outback, plus Bruce Allen. That's it. But you know, just like when uh, there were other owners that were part of the solicitation when they were talking about concussions, when they were talking about the protests, when they were talking about some of the different players, right? There were other owners that were part of that. Thank goodness this predates Terry Pergula. Oh, thank goodness, right? But we know that, I mean, in straight speculation, right, but some of the comments that you heard during, you know, when they were trying to get little little sound bites, Jerry Jones was very vocal, right? Robert Kraft, very vocal, right? Could those names be part of emails that were sent? We don't know, and again, I, I'm, I'm, as I say this, I have to reiterate, we don't know for a fact. So we're not out here trying to slur or demean yeah, anybody. Right, right, but right. those are the ones that when we had situations that were going on, we heard from them. So potentially they could be names on, on some some email that Gruden had where they were on the two-line other carbon copy line. Who I mean, knows? This is really bad. This is – I mean – if they don't come out and be transparent with with um, in the public, this is going to have a really big backlash to the NFL. Really big backlash, backlash because they're hiding, and that's not it's not a good look for the NFL. And, but that's uh, what they do, isn't it? Right. That's but what they I do. think this is one that you know when it keeps happening, I think at some point you hit and 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 people are going to push back and say this is just unacceptable. Like we are not going to take this. Well, you, you have to protect wonder, the shield. You have to protect, protect the, shield. the shield all they want, but now if pressures go on sponsors, do sponsors start pulling out? You don't know. I don't know. I, NFL's a big, big business, right? Well, this That's is where you big. see the value of the dollar. Yeah. Right. By far, you see the value of the dollar. When when I look at this one, Stevie D, I think that the NFL right now is in a twenty-four hour session of damage control. Yeah. Uh, I think those phone lines are popping. Right, uh, I think they are trying to get to the bottom of this. A, is is there going to be a whistleblower? Right, that's the term we're using now. Is there a whistleblower in there? Is, is there an anonymous that is in there? Right, that's leaking these emails. Well, how far, and how far will it happen? What's the reach? There's things that have happened in the past that they have covered up. Spygate, they covered up. Yeah. Right, the law, the L.A., Oakland, Las Vegas Raider move all over the place. They covered up the yeah. situation going on with the Rams. They covered up. They're trying right? to cover that up, and I don't think they're going to come out squeaky clean. It, and you're exactly right. And you, you there's things along the way that they have been able to cover. Hell, maybe they will unlock playmakers. Right, and we'll figure out why Playmakers got canceled <laughs> because that was the greatest show ever. Yeah, yeah. But they covered it. There's, there are. Well, can, can you see? Can you see the American? Season. Can you see the U.S. government jumping in and trying? Well, yeah, to it's, off on that? well, you've got the antitrust, there? right? They've been yeah. trying to hold tight on that whole antitrust, which is a whole other show we need to have. They've been able to hide behind that shield, right? And kind of stay separate from any other type of court. Well, now we're, we're trying to get to equality in the, in this country, right? There's too we, much. There's too much in this story 
to let it go to the to the wayside here where or sweep it underneath the rug there's too much here and it, that, that we know about we we have to uncover the truth and uncover like they talked about um oh god jobs in the nfl um the, are there emails around uh not hiring minorities in in positions of power in the nfl right so this when we're talking about equality in, in in the U.S., this story is gaining so much steam of what everybody thought it was, the NFL mm-hmm. behind the scenes. I, I read an article today that talked about, they used the word good old boys. The good old mm-hmm. boy network, I think, is what was used in the article I read today. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this may help uncover really the darkness of the NFL and if we want to uncover the darkness of the NFL, we may need some assistance from a higher power to help flush this out to really find out how bad this really is, right? Because we've seen, sure. we know, qualified candidates not getting jobs of head coaching, presidents of organizations. And I think there's some emails that I think people are alluding to in there that talks about that. Um, and I think a higher power is going to have to come in and, and, and step in. They did it for stupid steroids in baseball, right? This is my are, are, you, are you looking for a congressional hearing? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Uncover the so, truth, right? So let me, let me piggyback on what you said. But, well, just to piggyback on that, added to that, in the most recent era, the most controversial thing has been Colin Kaepernick. I absolutely 100% agree with you that there are emails in there with the commissioner and with others that deal with Colin Kaepernick that would be damning to the NFL and to the Shield, especially on the heels of the lawsuit that we know that they settled and the NFL never settles a lawsuit. We know that. And Kaepernick walked away, no matter what the dollar value was, he walked away as the winner because they blinked. And to yeah. your point, and, and I'm sorry, I just wanted to jump in with that. To your point, you are 100% that there, there is fear of there is there now, right? So, so no, no, I, I think it, it's owed to the, the fans of the NFL that truly uncover what's going on here. And is the Washington football team just a tip of the iceberg with other organizations? I think we, we got to find out the truth and flush this out. Right, we we want to talk about how do we get to a, a spot when you when you think about it, uh, how many how many owners in the NFL are minority owners? So I, I all of a sudden see this is CBD. This is what you have to look forward to when you get older, right? Things will happen, and then things click in your head, and you know something just happens, right? This is all part of you know getting over that certain milestone, right? This is just what happens. So as you were saying that, what pops into my mind? Jack Nicholson. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> yes. It, it, it just popped in my head when you right. we were saying Could that. we handle it? Can we no. handle it as a nation? Can we handle it? You probably no. not. But you know, if 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 leagues can force owners to sell a team like the Clippers and the Panthers. Panthers being football Panthers and Clippers being the basketball team. We have to get to the bottom of this because, look, I think we all, NFL, shh, we all know it's there. Stop trying to hide it, right? Really, at the end of the day, we all know it's there. Do we need a congressional hearing? I guess we do because that's the only way to prove 
what we already know that it's there. I, because I, I personally, I think the congressional hearing would be a waste of time because well, I I think they're only. I like to see Goodell sweat. I want to see him sweat. It, it would be nice to see that. I mean, I guess you could use that for a little posture, but he's going to read just like Zuckerberg did, and he, he's going to read off yeah, of a prepared and, statement. And you know what? Everybody looks at Zuckerberg and says, what a jerk. And everybody well, we already see that about Roger. We already see that. Yeah. As soon as I you destroyed those snakes from Spygate, I, I was done. I want to see when he lifts up the arm. I want to see the stains. Oh, right? like he's they, sweating. He's sweating. Like they, when he's right? doing Monday Night Football. <laughs> All right, Stevie D. Yeah. I knew this one was going to go long. I really did. And and this is going to continue. And we may have to just dedicate like the first 15 minutes for the update, right? Because there's there's going to be so much more. However, 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 ever. What were you doing Sunday night? I was watching a butt whipping. That's what I was watching. I know what I was doing Sunday night. <laughs> Woo! No. Man, I tell you, I know you're going to have your time, so I'm going to make you suffer here a, a few more minutes here. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I have to tell you, you know, you know I'm not a Bills fan, right, obviously. Uh, but I, I tell it how it is. I don't care if it's a team, it's a rival, a team of my own division. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to speak the truth. And the Buffalo Bills are by far the best football team in the NFL. Yeah, let, let, let's right. slow down. No, they are. I know you want to slow that they, roll they're, down. They're, play, they're playing good ball. We, we take they, it they one game playing, at a they're time. Playing, they're playing very good football right now. Um, right. But when you look at all the teams in the NFL right now, I and I'm not trying to disrespect the Cardinals because they're the last of the unbeatens, but if you look at the um, on all sides of the ball, I, I, think, I think I think Terry, you, Terry? I think she wore you down. I think she wore you down. She may have worn me down, but no. But in all seriousness, around well-rounded football team are the Buffalo Bills. Um, and uh, you know what's the key? The key they they have to stay healthy and all this to run the way and play good football at the right at the right times. But right now, I look at them and I said, I I thought they were going to win the football game. That I think they were going to win the football game like that. I don't care. People can talk about both teams playing the weather. Both teams had to wait, right? You can't use excuses because both teams played in. Both teams came in healthy, right? And you guys just laid a butt whipping. It was it was it it was a butt whipping. I don't I don't know else to say. It, it we, was, we weren't we weren't completely healthy. We're missing one of our key starters on defense. Milano which, was out. Yeah, Milano was out. I know he's out now. I didn't realize he was out for that game. But yeah, uh, no, he, he, he was out for that game. AJ Klein came in. Just a, a butt whipping. And I'll tell you, the one kid there on that team that's impressed me lately, Zach, Zach Moss, the running back. The running back. Yeah. For, he, look, he looks like he's a big dude. But that, bo- that boy can run. Holy yeah. cow. I, I didn't realize how quick he was for being such a, a, a big big running back. Like, he, he seems he, to me. He enjoys contact. When you watch him run, he can go left in a, in a wide open field, or he can go right, and there's there's a DB sitting there. He'll go right to run over the DB, right? He, he just enjoys contact. But, Stevie D, there's, there's a couple things, right, I, I have to talk about. So we have the Sunday night crew, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, right? Your boy. Which, let, let, Your me boy. Start, let me start with this. Al was kind of on his P's and Q's this week. Right, I do not like Al, and, and I have. I, and you, you, I just 
laid the foundation and let you make a de- decision for yourself, right? And you came back, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, oh, he's got a thing against Buffalo. He, he does. However, this week, Al said, let me just take a backseat, and Chris, hopefully I have taught you everything, and you can go ahead and now fill my shoes. Because Chris Collinsworth must be getting paid by the Hunt family or whoever's tied to the Kansas City Chiefs. You, I, I try to be impartial, right? You, you, you obviously you want to hear good things about your team, but I do not expect to hear the announcer of a nationally televised game talk about how a defensive end is twisting the ankle of the quarterback and oh, that's what you want to do if you want to keep what? Yeah! Oh my God! I'm glad you called that. I was watching the game. I'm like. What is he doing? I was totally perplexed by that. Totally perplexed by that. I mean, cheer, cheering oh, him out. on with yes. this. You don't what? do that. We're missing right. that in the NFL today. What? Who 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 does that? Right? Chris Collinsworth, I guess. I, I, that was bizarre. That was. I'm so glad you called that out. Yeah. Again, age is creeping up to me. And I totally forgot about that until yeah. you mentioned it because I remember going down. I was like, I said, I literally shook my head. Like, I'm the only one watching the game. And I'm turning my head. I'm like, did he just say about turning his ankle? Yeah. What good could come out of that in any stretch of the imagination? Absolutely like, promoting it. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm right. And, and listen, it didn't get past me, nor did it get past Bill's Mafia. As you started to look at Bill's Mafia, right, everybody's like, what is this guy saying, right? You listen to the other things he was saying. Patrick Mahomes walks on water. With yeah, but Patrick. haven't we seen that through the years with announcers with Brett Favre, Joe Montana? You know, you, you've had certain players that no matter what happens, they're gold, right? But I, w- I will say that in the past, right, that this modern day of the broadcast booth, it's horrible. I, I'm just going to put it out there. It, it doesn't matter if you're on Fox, CBS, ESPN, NBC. It's horrible, right? You and I talk about, and I I really want to go back into a time where I had Madden and Summerall, where I had Cricky and Trumpy, right? I'll even take Dan Deardorff, right? I'll take those guys back in the day, right? Because the games that they called, right, were, yes, were great games. Dick Enberg. Give me Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. That's the name. Dick Enberg. Well, yeah, John name, Stock, yeah. but Dick Stockton and, uh, you know, and Dick Enberg. But give me those guys to call the game. A, I loved listening to them. They had the, the great voices of the game, right? That's how they became legends. But they also knew how to call a game, right? They knew how to keep the interest, right? I, I kind of think back in, in a baseball sense, right, when you had Phil Rizzuto and Bill White. They called a great game, right? And there's the others that called great games in baseball, which is why they were legends. But this new group for the NFL, this ragtag bunch of guys that they threw up in a booth and they say, oh, well, you got to have a big name and we're going to put you in there and you're going to be – these guys are horrible, are absolutely horrible. And as I said, Al Michaels took took the side seat, right? He was sitting in the sidecar and just let Chris Collinsworth go. So, yeah, I wanted to put that out there as I continue to talk about this game, right? 
The officiating. The officiating was absolutely horrendous. It, it was almost to the point where there used to be a meme that was out there for the Patriots, right? That showed uh, the officials lining up before the game, and also they had a Patriot logo on their on their crest, right? Because everybody knew that they were going to call it for the Patriots. When I watch this game, and I challenge any Kansas City Chief fan to come out to this podcast and let's talk about the series of events, right? So here we go, Stevie D. Late in the game, right? Buffalo has the lead. A little bit of momentum for Kansas City. Buffalo's backed up. Josh Allen escapes, runs to the sideline, gets uh, throw, runs to the side, throws, gets the first down. They call holding on Mitch Morse. The center, right? You go back and you look at the play because they show the highlight clip. Even our dear friend Collinsworth was speechless. Trying to find a way, and Al Michaels trying to find a way to say, well, there was something maybe there. There was nothing there. The guy put his hands in his chest, released it. He was done, right? Nobody on the offensive line was holding. But the officials, because Buffalo got that, that uh, that conversion there, then all of a sudden, you know, there's there's a penalty flag that comes out. But just like in hockey, right? Not you know for for I know this is a football show, so sometimes we don't have hockey listeners. Of course, I'm a big Sabres fan. But just like in hockey, when there's a bad call, what always happens a few minutes later? You got to make a call. There you go. And I believe that's exactly what happened on the next call, even though it was a legit call, right? Because on the very next play, obviously there was no holding. They threw the flag out there, penalized Buffalo, stopped the stopped the, the first down conversion. They go back. Allen goes back to pass, makes the pass, and then is driven into the ground, right? And he goes into by his shoulder, body weight going down. By the rules... In the definition of the rules, that's a flag. It's 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 a legitimate call. It came at a bad time because it was an incomplete pass, but it also gave you a first down, at which Buffalo then proceeded to go down the field and go and really ice the game, even though the game was ice, to go and ice the game. But Kansas City fans are in an uproar. Oh, how could you call that? That was such a bad call. Well, first of all, if you don't make the horrendous, just blind, just blatant, Holding call, that play never happens, right? Because Buffalo then continues the momentum. Who knows? They may not have gone down the score, right? They may have, after that first down, they may have gone three and out and had to punt. Who knows, right? You're altering the future. But if that happens, then you don't have the pass interference, or I'm sorry, you don't have the rough in the passer call, right? So that that's inconsequential, right? On top of that, it was a legitimate call. Right? Not because it worked out for Buffalo, but because by the letter of the law. So I don't want to hear that from Kansas City. Kansas City wanted to complain about penalties. Let me tell you, up and down the field, Tredavious White's called for pass interference when the ball is like 10 yards past and 10 yards high from where Kelsey can catch the ball. But they want to call pass interference. What happened to uncatchable? Sean McDermott's running up and down the sidelines talking about uncatchable. Right? Then you have, and I ask this all the time, it's not just in this game. Right, it's in almost every game. Please help me understand if the quarterback is in the pocket and the quarterback 
throws the ball out of bounds in the direction, but well past where his receiver is. Why is that not intentional grounding? Well, it's intentional grounding depending on who the quarterback is. You got it. Who the referees and who the quarterback. Because I have seen that called. Tom Brady I should have, have been called for that uh, over the weekend. He had That's one where right. he overthrew the receiver. It was not even close. And he was in Absolutely. The called. And he, all he says, well, there was a receiver there. And so they don't drop the flag. If, if that's Absolutely. a young quarterback that's not established or maybe even, you know, 25 of the 32 quarterbacks, it, it's not called, right? If you're not uh, an MVP, darling, yeah. you know, sneakerhead uh, of the NFL, State Farm and Jake and all that. Yeah. I, I don't want to rain on your parade here. You know, I, I want to jump in here and some of the things that I'm salty about when it comes to this. And I, I wish the NFL would step in and just flag every player or coach that does this. Mahomes was going down. I, I'm not just – I'm picking on Mahomes. I, I'll pick on Tom Brady. I, I pick on the quarterbacks that, that whine. And Tom and, and Patrick Mahomes is becoming a whiner. Is that you go down the field and you slide. You decide to slide at the last second when a linebacker is already committed to make the play and you get hit, you could have got hit a lot worse, but you didn't. And all of a sudden you just pop up. And you're and and you're and you're you know pulling for a flag. I want a flag. I mean, you see Mahomes' face is like, I want a flag. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? It's like, come on, dude, you're still playing football, okay? This is not too in touch. You you can get hit. And I just I I what I what I despise about the NFL right now, the one like everybody's got their pet peeves in the in the top five, your top five pet peeves. My pet peeve is players, let the refs ref without saying it's a pass interference call. Oh right. yeah, right. Everybody's passive, everybody's saying, and, and so what are the refs saying? Yeah. Oh my god, did I miss it? Did I miss it? And they throw a flag, and you're just like, look, I've had penalties go for me, and I've had penalties go against my teams, right? I still don't like it when I've gotten it. I mean, I like it when I get it because I'm saying, well, I, I gave up one before, and it, right. I just don't like it. I don't like when the coach is doing it on the sidelines. And to me, the NFL wants to say, stop the taunting after a play. Honestly, that doesn't bother me as much as players always saying it, it's a penalty because you're influencing the decision by a referee. And that's what I don't like. Let let them call the game. Right or wrong, let them call the game. That that's my my, my bugaboo right now with it. Don't don't it takes away from the game. I think I said it to you the other day. There was nine penalties in the first quarter. To me, that ruins the game. You got two heavyweights. Absolutely. Absolutely. Penalties. Ticky tack penalties. So you gotta let the these players play. You call it when it's um uh when it's outrageous. Um I, I just thought it took away from the start of that game with nine penalties. The flow of the game is ruined with nine penalties. And very I, just, I just don't like players always asking for a flag. Let let very, the very let the refs choppy. make the right call. And no, I agree with you. Influenced. Absolutely agree no. with you. So Stevie D, you know, again. With, with that game, you know, you, you take some of those things away from it, and then I look at I look at the game. And heading into that game, I was a little nervous. I really was uh, because you're you're going to play in Kansas City, and I'm going to tell you, playing in Arrowhead is not fun. 
right? Is not fun. You would have thought I was part of the organization calling you for the weather recap. Yeah, so what's, it, right. what's it looking like, right? I, I, don't, I don't have any money. Now, on this I know why. now I know why you're asking me about the weather. Like, yeah, like, you know, what, what are we talking about? And you're like, well, I'm looking outside and there is a cloud overhead, but, uh, you know. I'm, I'm saying, I'm like, well, you know, I am 20 minutes away from the stadium, so it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It could be a huge rain cloud over there. It, it was one of those things where leading into this game, it, it was so important on so many levels. It was important for Buffalo to kind of avenge, which I think is ridiculous, avenge the AFC championship loss. Different time, different players. Uh, you know, the outcome is, is completely different, right? That one would have led to Buffalo going to the exhibition game. This one just leads to Buffalo having a, what, two-and-a-half, three-game lead over Kansas City and maintaining – you know, top seed in the AFC after week five, right? Settle down, people, after week five, right? But that's all that that really did. But it, it was important for that. The other thing that, you know, with this game and, and looking at everything was how has Buffalo's defense improved to be able to take on what the league would call maybe a juggernaut or or a top-rated type offense. Because we saw what they did to the Washington football team. Tyler Heineke, he's good, but he's young. You know, so, sorry, Washington football team. Miami Dolphins, Jacoby Brissett. Now, it started off with Tua. You know, you, you and I both feel the same way about Tua. So it started off with Tua, ended with Jacoby Brissett. All right. Then, then you go down to Houston and what is it, Davis Wells or whatever his kid's name is down there. It, there's no Deshaun Watson. Laid it on them. We get it. Pittsburgh was an anomaly. They played well, but it was an anomaly. So the defense, by the numbers, looks phenomenal, right? Looks better than the 85 Bears. The defense is great, right? And I get all that. But now let's see what you look like when you play against, you know, a, a – former MVP, when you play against a runner-up for an MVP at tight end, when you play against the Cheetah, when, you know, and you have all these different weapons, what are you, what are you able to do on the field now? We also knew, though, on the other side, the defense is just atrocious. We not also heard – Not your problem. We, we, we also heard that they rebuilt this offensive line. This, the way that they talked about rebuilding this offensive line – it, it was better than the Cowboys line back in the early well, 90s. Well, or it's better than the Hogs that the Redskins had. Yeah, right? their, their offensive line was rebuilt, right? You bring in an all-pro all pro guard in Thune from the Patriots. You trade for Orlando Brown from the Ravens. You draft uh, Creed Humphrey to play center, right? And you got the two linemen coming back that were on the COVID list. So you, you, you do have a totally different offensive line than you did from the previous year. So you got five new guys on that line playing I say new, two are, are coming back, but sure. they didn't play last year, right? So they all got to learn how to play together. Um, you're right. And I was one of them that said, wow, that offensive line, look how improved that is from the previous year. I still think it's improved from last year, but I don't think it's anywhere near the caliber that I think everybody thought it was going to be. And you're spot on. But what, what that was, and I still need to have that test. I need to have that test. That's why I'm saying to uh, – my, my, my Bills Mafia, to the Bills fans that are out there, enjoy the ride. Just be careful, right? Because we saw a defensive line that really was not changed. There's, there's been a couple changes. Start with Tulier, right? He sat out because of COVID. 
he's a key factor. Tampa always wants to talk about Vita Vea and when he was hurt and how when he came back, how he's a game changer. Well, we got start, right? Does the same thing, able to take on the double teams, clog that middle, force the running back to make different decisions. Next thing you know, sliding into a gap, you have players there. So I, I get that. But we also have two rookies, right? You have Greg Rousseau and you have Boogie Basham. The wait. <laughs> so you have those two guys that are out there. Right. And so now, and then you have AJ Epinesa, you know, uh, he was a rookie last year, kind of come into his own, kind of changed his body and everything else like that. So now you have these guys in there, and that's a change in the defensive line. And really, that's the only change in the defense, right? A defense that we saw was a little up and down last year. Now they're a little, little uh, solidified, but everybody said you had no pass rush. Well, what we saw was, Again, taking steps. And that's what part of Bill's Mafia, that's what we need to see from a week five victory is taking that step, right? Taking Going up against a much improved offensive line, but a, a team offensively that was much better than the, who you've played over the first four weeks. And you still manhandled it. You still controlled the game. Right? Yeah, they may have put up uh, a few more points than some of the other ones did, but you controlled the game. It was no longer going to Kelsey over the middle because you had the pressure of the front four that you weren't able to get last year, allowing you to let your back seven now sit into a zone, play basically like a Tampa two, two safeties sitting deep, not allowing Hill to take them deep or to ride them off allowing your linebackers now to come up or even that nickel corner to come up and be able to put pressure and cover Kelsey. That's what you do. And people want to say, well, the game plan or the blueprints out there, that may be all well and good. But in order to execute, you have to have the pieces. Sure. And guess sure. what? We now have the pieces. And having that is now a point where you can be hopeful in what we do. Who's your tight end? Dawson Knox, I'm glad you brought that up. So, so Dawson Knox, I just want to let Dawson, thanks to you, here in the Kansas City area, the Kansas City uh, fans have opened up a GoFundMe page to buy out Daniel Sorison's contract, the safety, because he let you no, he let him. by yourself because you decided to come up and Knox went downfield and, and was wide open for the touchdown. And so, and this is legitimate. Uh, this is this is a real thing. There is a GoFundMe page that they're trying to collect money to, to send to the Kansas City Chiefs to buy out Daniel Sorensen's contract because the fans are fed up with the way he's been playing defense. It, it has to feel tough good. Crowd, tough crowd out here. It has to feel good. So, so here's the interesting thing with Dawson Knox, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was the one of the next things I was going to. I'm here for you. You could be your age. You know, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> He's off to a phenomenal start to the season, right? In the ability to maintain – like his knock was that he couldn't hold on to the ball, right? That was his knocks on knock, right? So what we've seen this year, though, it, it almost seems like Either the light went on or something happened. And I'll tell you what happened, right? This offseason, a bunch of the tight ends got oh, together man. for tight end you. Yeah. T and I think they, Tebow helped him, right? Didn't he say Tebow gives a lot of credit to Tebow? 
A bunch of the tight ends got together <laughs> for tight end you. And as they got together, uh, Kelsey and Kittle, and there, there were a bunch that were out there, and obviously Dawson Knox, right? They're sharing war stories, right? They're, they're sharing, you know, best practices on how to do things. And they just worked, and they grinded all together, right? And when something like that happens, you know, may, being in that situation, seeing the people that are getting it done, sometimes you're like, oh, that's what I need. You know, maybe I hold my hands like this, right? It, it, just different things that kind of just trigger. And now you see the results of tight in you where Dawson is playing phenomenal football. Phenomenal. To the point, did you hear Cole Beasley's name? No. I Have didn't. you heard Cole Beasley's name? I haven't heard Stefan Diggs. Well, there's another one. Emmanuel I, Sanders. Compared to last year, it's been Sanders. And it's the Sanders knock show. A- absolutely right, which I'm loving. It's I, a law firm of Allen, Sanders, and Knox. <laughs> That's what you've been hearing. Because what, what it is showing, and, and with, with Diggs, Diggs is taking it in stride. He knows he's going to get his. He's still there. He and Sanders are separated by a couple catches, right? They, they still get their targets. Beasley doesn't. Well, you wonder. <laughs> Beasley does it, and I, I really am curious, and I don't know if we will ever find out, if Beasley's offseason, different than D- Dawson Knox's offseason, is contributing to his lack of targets and production on field plays because his numbers have dropped drastically. Now, obviously, there's only one football. Diggs is still going to get his targets, right? Emmanuel Sanders is is proven to be such a valuable weapon, right? Dawson Knox is in the game. The Bills have decided to become a little bit more versatile, right? And so now you're seeing more from the running game as well. So who are the odd people out? Gabriel Davis, second-year player, who was really a great player and, and, and important to the team in 2020. And Cole Beasley, right? And what did Cole Beasley do? Cole Beasley scoffed at the rules. Cole Beasley scoffed at the Vax, which is his opinion. But, yeah, at the end of the day, there's certain things that potentially could impact the team. And the team said, back during training camp, a little bit pre-training camp, hey, we got you, Beasley. We got the... you. You have to wonder, you have to wonder, is that what is happening to his production numbers? Well, and I'm curious in, to see if that comes out in the emails with Bruce Allen. <laughs> it all comes back to Bruce Allen. Now, now Beasley deleted his Twitter account, supposedly. Yeah, because not he's sure. not really playing football, so why even have a Twitter account if you're not getting Not sure what that's about, right? Is he pouting? Uh, I'm not I'm not ready to to throw him away because I, I do like Beasley. I, I think that uh, he – great, phenomenal slot receiver. Great receiver, not just a slot. I'm not going to – uh, try to just put him there, but he's able to make the tough catches, right? Those first down catches, when you need the first down, he's able to make those catches, and that that's what I like. Uh, he's very reliable, but yet you have to wonder. I, so, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to call the New York Jets and make a trade. For Berrios? For um, Jamison Crowder. I think Jamison Crowder would be a good addition as that slot if you're looking to get rid of Beasley. There's no, way the, Bill, really a, there's no way the Bills are trade with the Jets. 
That that's just not going to happen. Why? And we don't need we don't need yeah, a because that's all the Jets do is trade. We just trade people. I got <laughs> traded Joe. We trade everybody. We, we don't need a wide receiver. It's too stacked there now. No, no, it's all good. You, you can adapt. You, need you, you just want to get one of our defensive linemen or one of our draft no, picks. No, I just want draft picks. I'm Jordi. I just want draft picks. We this win. This isn't Madden. This no, is not no. Madden. No, isn't it the team that gets the most draft picks wins? wins? Yeah. Well, it could be. Oh, you mean it? Oh, we, we go for that trophy identity. Yeah, I thought we were going for draft picks. Yeah, it, it's it's about the exhibition game. You know, it's about really winning the conference championship and showing your dominance over the conference. But Stevie D, at the end of the day, very good victory. I was very happy. It was a long night. It and I gave everybody heads up at work. I was like, look, depending on how this game goes, now I wasn't expecting a one hour rain delay, right? But depending on how this game goes, I you gave know, you the weather report. Well, this I'm telling them this before the game, right? Okay. So I, I didn't know, but I knew it was going to be a long night. And let me tell you, after the one-hour weather delay, and then you know this, and Bill's Mafia knows this, is that when you have a victory, and also when you have a loss, so no matter what, after the game, there, there's that period of time you have to calm down, right? Yeah, sure. And, and so that was just long. It was such a long night, but it you was a good You bust my chops by living in the central time zone. It's not one o'clock game. It's not twelve o'clock games. It's one o'clock games. Those are the nights you wish you're in the central time. Hey, you are absolutely right. Because <laughs> when three o'clock in the morning came around, and I was just like, "Man, that was a great game." And then you got to get up in a couple hours. It was rough. So to to, to kind of cap that one, I'm very happy against a good team. Uh, you know, they're they're in flux right now, but still, it, whether it be name or even the weapons that they still have. I was very happy to see the performance. I was happy to see the depth, and you're starting to see this team gel. The one thing to be careful of, you mentioned it before, is that now the meter is starting to shift, right? (laughs) And now, you know, whether it be Pro Football Talk or Pro Football Focus or ESPN, all of a sudden you start looking at the rankings, and you're not in the chase position anymore. You're the leader. And this is where you have to be careful, right? It's very early in the season to be the leader, right? And just like in NASCAR or car racing, you, you everybody's behind you, right? There's going to be another 150 laps we have to go, right, till you get to the end. And it's how you and that pit crew are able to work together, right, in order to make sure that you maintain that lead across – the line and that checker flag. And for Buffalo, what that means is stay away from bulletin board material. What that means is you don't look past the guy that's in front of you, right? You have the Tennessee Titans coming up. We have to go to that cesspool of, um, of humanity. Oh, yeah, I had to get that line in. Had to go down. Well, yeah, you know, maybe hey, a little different than hey, last year. If the Jets can beat them. It's still the cesspool. I mean, they, they definitely had well, to leave on the yeah, brink yeah, last year, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. then they tried to start off this year. But, we're, you know, you have to go there. And then you have the bye week. So just focus on this game. And then, as they always say, take it in quarters, but take it game by game. Be the best that you can be for that next game. Don't worry about what they're saying, what ranking, where the defense is ranked all time this year. It doesn't matter. 
I kind of talked to you about this, right? I, I kind of talked about, you know, now CBS, NFL Network, uh, maybe um, Showtime for uh, Inside the NFL all wants a piece of you, right? Was individual interviews or group interviews to talk about maybe you bring in your O-line or your D-line or you bring in your offensive yep. playmakers and have these conversations. Then all of a sudden you start believing that hype of, oh, my God, we really are that good. And how many times have you seen it from an NFL team? that's really hasn't gone through that attention all of a sudden starts getting all this attention because you are the one and does your shit, your focus shift just a hair, just a hair. And it may not come bite you up in October, November, but does it bite you starting going into the playoffs where you, you lose focus just a little bit. And that that's that. And, that, and that's very true. The good thing is that we have Sean McDermott and as opposed to others. And, and I think sexy Rex, falls in this category and some of the other coaches, right? That the way that they conduct themselves and the way that they they set the example in the locker room, I think will go a long way. I, th- I think, you know, when you start to look at the value of a coach, right? This is definitely one of the scenarios where uh, the personality and the type of coach that you bring in uh, really comes to the forefront. That's a fair right? point there. So, uh, again, we're only going to take it one game at a time, Stevie D. We, we don't need to talk about the Tennessee game. I'll let my boys do their talking for them uh, Monday night, and then we'll enjoy a nice bye week. So, right. yes, good job, Bills Mafia. Also good to see Bills Mafia in full effect over there at Arrowhead. I gave you, I gave you the heads up. There's going to be a whole lot of red, white, and blue in there. And we saw a lot of blue because you could say, well, red and white for the Chiefs. We saw a lot of blue in there. I'm telling you, we were even jumping off tables, jumping on the tables and, and, and during the tailgating. And, of course, you know, the, the Midwestern folk. You're, you're not so the nice. brightest bulbs there when you're jumping on the tables. Like, I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I just want to say, you know, the, the folks there in the Midwest, good good, good people, good wholesome people. Yes. Uh, it, it, they, they are, right? Because as, people out here. as Bill's Mafia invades – Getting on flatbeds, getting on cars, getting on whatever to jump on tables. The folks from Arrowhead kind of congregated in the area, right? They acknowledged it. They shook hands, high fives, fist bumps, you know, here's a beer. I'm thinking if anybody from the Jets, Dolphins, or Patriots, you know, came to Highmark Stadium, or just came to Buffalo in general, and were pulling their shenanigans from their hometown there, they wouldn't get the same response. That no. just wouldn't happen. But no, no, there would be a much different response. Right. Response. So, you know, kudos to the folks there in, in, in Kansas City. But the Chiefs do leave the most deaths. They lead the league in the most deaths in the parking lot after, after or during a football game. Uh, than anybody in the NFL. So you do have to watch it because you never know. You may get shanked or something. I don't know. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Worse than what Oakland was like in San Francisco? No, that's baseball. Oh, we're talking yeah. about not not I'm not gonna talk about fights. I'm talking about deaths in the parking lot. Yeah, I haven't heard about deaths over in Oakland. I've heard of people getting their butts kicked and really bad. Oh yeah. Place is rearranged. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, not deaths in the parking lot. Wow, what a way to kind of take the show up to a downer there, Stevie D. Yeah, well, you know, we're tough out here. 
in the Midwest. We don't take no crap from nobody. I mean, that's almost as bad as, as the Lions. I mean, they, they're the hard-luck losers, aren't they? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, this team can't get a win. They, again, I thought they got the game. I did, too. And I did, too. Cousins, and then Kirk Cousins. Really? Kirk the legend. Cousins? The legend that is Kirk Cousins. I, I just I, I feel for that team. They're playing hard. It's not like they're getting blown out. They're playing hard. You just can't get that victory. Yeah. I I I think Dan Campbell, for all of his hiring day press conference antics, I do think that uh similar to Sean McDermott is that is a culture and attitude change. And he's helping to change that. Now, I don't know what his longevity will be there in Detroit. But there's there's a certain way that a team plays for a head coach. And when they're willing to play for 60 minutes, when they've just had their hearts ripped out, and they come back and they play like that, it just means that you have to learn how to win. right? We talk about this all the time. Both of our teams – have been at the bottom. And, and as they start to come up, we say, yeah, but we have to learn how to win, how to finish the game, right? And that's where Detroit is. I do think I do think for Detroit that even though Rod Marinelli was, was saddled with that Owen 16 type thing, I do believe that he was instilling that type of attitude there. The problem is, is that they didn't learn how to win and then the team decided that they had to move away from because of 0-16. And then you kind of regress, right? A whole new regime, and you go back. So you think for, about Rod Marinelli for a second. got to cut you off. Yeah. You're going like to like this. Rod Marinelli, my paisan, <laughs> paved the way for Hugh Jackson to survive an 0-16 season. Because if Rod didn't come first, Hugh Jackson would have been fired after the 0-16. Oh, Stevie, Stevie, you do that. I, we have been so derelict in our podcasting duties to bring up Hugh Jackson. Thank and you, you so opened much. the door. You opened the door, so I, I could not. So Thank you. Thank Rod, you. Rod helped Hugh Jackson he to did. survive an 0-16. Uh, Hugh Jackson is the only coach to ever survive an 0-16 season and That's come back right. the final year. So thank That's you, Rod, right. for being the first one to do it and saying it's okay. Coaches, we made a mistake. The next time somebody goes on 16, we'll let them keep their job. <laughs> and that was Hugh Jackson in Cleveland. Oh, look at Terry. Coming at, coming at you, Stevie D. Coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, hopefully for Dan Campbell that uh, when when you 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 will continue to see the improvement by the Lions. Yeah, in, in this day and time of parity, you know all these teams need to need to kind of come back up, and, and, and I'm hoping for the Lions there. Plus, I, I know some Lions fans, and they one one guy has said, "I'm done. That's it. No more football for me." And I understand. <laughs> I understand, right? Uh, another guy just said, "I'm not watching it anymore." You know, I, I get we're it. We're watching. 
They're watching. It's hard to give it up. They're watching. You know they're watching. <laughs> There's no doubt. No, I don't watch. Go, go, go. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't watching this. <laughs> so, Stevie D, what else do you have for us? I, I know I took it. The reason why we talk so much on this, because the last show, somebody wanted to just leave me with the closing credits. <laughs> Yep. What can I do this week with against the Chiefs? You were going to have your time this week. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I really don't. There's nothing to say. You know, from from Jetland, it's you know, you got to continue to grind, um, continue to f- figure out ways to get better, and we got to get off the better starts. It's it's uh, it's pretty sad, but uh, you know, we talked about this before, um, and I just read an, an article that finally somebody came out and said it was Steve Young actually that came on the Michael K show on, on ESPN New York. And he says the reason that he believes that Zach is struggling right now and LaFleur is struggling more LaFleur than Wilson is the passing of Greg Knapp. He said, Greg Knapp taught me. That's what we said. Right, right. And he's just kind of reiterating because w- when you asked me that and I said my biggest thing is LaFleur doesn't have that season veteran. When you think of Knapp has, has worked with so many Hall of Fame quarterbacks in his career, and he's helped them. And so here they had the idea of bringing in Knapp as a passing day coordinator, really help LaFleur from the from uh, you know the, the the next row up. That hey, did you think about this? Hey, think about that. Now you don't have that, and literally he's got nobody in the organization that can help him when he's slumping or on the game planning. And I but exactly hold was on. a little bit of that. Hold on, and, and you know, no disrespect. To Greg Knapp and his passing, right? But this is business, right? This is business. So when you lose him, right, you, you think going in, we have the proper staff assembled, right? That's that's what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was untimely and I know it's sad, but when you lose him, the Jets still had to prepare for yeah. week one preseason. Sure. Why are they not out there scouring to find somebody who can that come in for shoes. one year to yeah. be the mentor? Yeah, maybe I, I, two I don't years. have that answer. And the to Jets me, too cheap? I don't know. The Jets are too to cheap. me, that is not on Greg Knapp passing. That's on Robert Salah. Well, That's on the on the Joe ownership, Douglas. Joe Douglas. You have to fill it. You know, you have to fill it just because yeah. he's gone. Well, you're gonna let this kid dangle yeah. out there. Yeah, I. I I can't answer the the why he's not replaced. I, I can't answer the why, um, but right now I feel full of floor because he's kind of dangling without a, a support system to help him where he's struggling because it's clearly a struggle. I mean, Jet fans and look, I, there's then he wasn't ready, Stevie D. Who, Lafleur? Lafleur. Then yeah. he wasn't ready. Like and they're 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 looking at the Jets and say, well, the, look at what, what Wilson's doing in the second half. But if you really break down with some of the things that Wilson has done in the second half, and, and if you want to use this game as an example, when you're losing twenty to three, defense changes, schemes change. All of a sudden, it's a lot easier to make that pass, right? So you're you're getting yards like he was nineteen to thirty two uh, on Sunday, and I, I saw a post that somebody put out there. If he completed five more passes, he was at 75% completion. That's great. But where was he in the first half? Mm-hmm. Right? You, you can't go into halftime with 60 total yards. It's not a recipe for success. 
the defense is playing their heart out. But at one point, the defense was out on the field. The snap ratio was 33 to 6. You can't ask a defense to survive that, right? And that, sure, the defense got to get off the field and like, get all that. We had some penalties that, that helped. Some were legit. Some were not. Uh, and, and it's like, dude, uh, you – we have to figure this out offensively because it's not working in the first half and you're getting down, like I said, so deep a hole to start the second half. It's easier to come out of that hole. It's easier. Mm-hmm. I looked at what, what um, oh my God, the Falcons did out of the second half. And I'm going to be honest with you, just as a football guy, I'm, I'm saying, what are the Falcons doing? Just because you're up 20 to three, you're totally changing your defense. It just went right down the field, made it 20 to 10, 20 to nine, because we can't kick the extra point. And I'm saying that you totally change your defensive game plan to come out the second half. Why would you do that? Well, that's what we did back in the suit. That's what we did back in that exhibition game. That, that, that's just what we do. It worked out so well for us in that exhibition game. It, it's just, you know, they, they have to figure it out. You're right. The Jet organization is failing the floor. Ultimately, Wilson, you didn't replace the, the late um, uh, Coach Knapp um, and uh, – it is what it is, but there's nothing really from a Jets perspective that I really, I can say good about it. There was nothing to me redeeming in that football game. We have to make up our mind who's our running back. Michael Carter seems legit. You know what I like about Michael Carter? It's gonna it's gonna sound like wow, that's Tim. Wow, you don't like this? You like it's not that I don't like this or that. But the one thing I like about Michael Carter, when he falls down, he falls forward. That's one one and a half yards every time he falls. He's finding a way to fall forward, not mm-hmm. backwards or on the side, falling forward. That little mm-hmm. thing, just that little thing about Michael Carter, I like. Vera Tucker doing awesome at left guard. Awesome. His, his statistics that they show, the ratings for him, are really, really good for a rookie. He started off week one very slow because he didn't play um, training camp. He didn't get into the games. He got off to a slow start, but, wow, he's, he's really a difference at left guard. Uh, but we, we have to figure this out offensively. Denzel Mims can't get on the field. Hey, Maybe. we had a Denzel Mims sighting. Yeah, but but it's, it's he had eight snaps the whole game. I put it. I think he's had he's been on the field twelve snaps, and he's like third in the team, fourth in the team in receiving. Right? He's gotten three caught three passes. Right? It's it's not good. But to me, you you got Davis. Right? You got Davis. You got Mims. You put more in the slot. Or Crowder, you got Barrios has been playing well. You mentioned his name a little earlier about on the trade. He's been playing well. You got weapons there. I just think we don't have Mims. He needs to be on the outside. And they're using all these excuses that he can't do this, he can't do that. Line him up, let him go deep. He could be the Robbie Anderson. Let him go deep. Let let him be the guy that stretches the defense. He can catch the football. I don't know oh. what they're doing. Coaches, hold up, coaches have to get these players to play. It's their job, their responsibility. If something's missing, then you adapt for that player and help him. That's what good coaches do. And we're not doing that with Denzel Mims. It's not Jet-related, but you said something related to the Jets that I've been thinking about. I've been tossing this around here, right? Okay. You line up for a play. You, you got to follow me here, right? Say you go 4-Y. You line up for a play. You get 
you you make sure that you have your guy lined up to a specific corner, either the first or second, right? Okay. Say you're starting at the 25. You tell him, just go, right? Take the top off, right? So now this corner, as, as long as they're in man defenses, this only works in man, right? Okay. Maybe it will. The guy in motion, sniff it out. Right? The guy takes off and he's running, right? And he goes all the way down. Quarterback throws like a little drag, right? Now the guy just ran like a, a 60 yard sprint. Oh, he, he comes back, right? Now the DB, he was running, he, you know, backing up, and then he has to turn, right? And then now he's going, right? So he's following him all the way down. So he's coming, oh man, right? <laughs> he's coming back. You okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good, right? Because we do this in practice. However, I tell my guy, come off the field, and I bring another guy up, right? What's your play? Just go. Step up. He's going right. This guy's backing up. Like, oh, man, what are these guys doing? Turns, right? Now he's taking off. So now he comes back. Now it may be second down, third down, or you may have gotten two first downs right bringing him out. Now this guy's coming back like hands on hips, right, bent over, just like, you know, I think I need a blow. They may not give him a blow, right? If you're the number one corner, right, they're not pulling you out. Maybe the two or the nickel, but they're not pulling you out. Now you bring in your guy, right? <laughs> now you bring in Diggs, or you bring in your guy, whoever it is, Elijah Moore, right? right. And then you sit in the huddle, and you're like, okay, this time we're doing it, right? And then he takes off, right? And the DB's just like, oh, here we go again, right? Now, again, this only works if it's man. It only right. works if it's man. But now here he's going, well, he's not like this, right? He's like, Come on, man! Slow down. You you gotta hope they stay in man all yes. the places that have. It, it, it only works if it's a man team. Have you tried this in Madden football to see no. if it works? No. no, no, no. But just think about that. When when you were talking about Mims going deep, right. I I've been thinking about this. Like I wonder <laughs> because I think I saw some plays and I'm just like you know you got these guys and they're coming back and it seems like you know we're being very nice. Hey, we're gonna huddle and we're gonna do this. Oh no! Oh no! Just some, some right in that. Don't give that guy just like boxing, right? You get a full minute to recover. NFL, you get forty seconds to kind of recover. Oh no, you're not getting that. We're getting to the line. You're lining up. You're you're sweating. You may fall down and say that you know you put you have a, a cramp or something like that because you've been running back and forth so right, many right. times. I'm just saying these are things. You know, this is Bill Belichick. I'm getting inside the head of Bill Belichick. I knew right you there. liked him. Right there. Him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I knew, I knew well, Steve, Stevie D, uh, yeah, you got to – I didn't say anything today about your guy. I'll leave it alone today. Um, th- this was good. We, uh, you know, you obviously talk talking – about your Bills for an hour, so it's all good? It, yeah, it, it, it's therapeutic. Um but talking about John Gruden and everything that's going on with that, as I said, we, we might as well just carve out 15 minutes to every show because uh, there's going to be something that's going to come out. I mean, when we finish here, there's, I'm sure, going to be something that's going to be posted and there's going to be more information. Um, you know, getting rid of him is not getting rid of the cancer. It's not. Yeah. What you said earlier is the cancer, and that is – where they're operating as the good old boys network. That's the cancer, right? 
they where they don't believe in inclusion, right? They have a problem with the female referees. They they have a problem with everything else that's going on in there. And this right now, you've just opened up, right? That that's all it was. You just opened it up to take a look inside. Yeah. And, and it will be interesting to see what happens, you know, whether it be because of antitrust, because of, uh, you know, just trying to maintain the shield, whether it be because we will truly see who controls the NFL, right? We've always made this statement that there was a handful of owners that really controlled the NFL. Jerry Jones is of the world, Robert Kraft's of the world, the Davis family of the world, right? We, we knew that there were so, those players that were out there. And really it's that new generation well, they're kind of the old gener- older generation now, but it's that new generation of owners that came in in, what, the the mid-'90s, you know, when Jerry Jones took over back then, Daniel Snyder followed, and some of those. That group that came in, that's that new generation. Yeah. That's what you got to be careful of. Those are the guys. Those are Gruden's boys. <laughs> those are the ones you got to be careful of. So... But Stevie D, to to all of our our listeners, to all of our watchers, you know, again, uh, we we appreciate your support. Whether it be uh, you know posting while we're we're having the the podcast or comments that happen afterwards, we absolutely appreciate it. It's fun, you know. Our goal is to try to make sure that everybody that is a participant is included, you know, whether it be posting names, posting comments, you know, talking, you know when we're not doing the podcast it's fun right it's therapeutic at times right that that's truly this is therapy for me and cbd i think it's therapy for you right uh just to be able to talk and have fun and this is what we do so we bring it to you uh we do ask that you you know do us a favor give us a subscribe that's always fun <laughs> right if you are driving or you you can't watch uh, certainly you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast and platform. So, you know, we're out there. Um, and then send us some notes uh, on some topics, right? Anything that you want us to talk about, you know, we'll, we'll jump into it. You know, anything football related, we'll jump into it, have some fun. Maybe even hockey related. We can talk about my Buffalo Sabres, right? We can talk about Jack Eichel, how he has been an absolute waste. And I won't go on because, you know, that, that'll be another 10-minute diatribe. Just get rid of him. Kevin Adams, just get rid of him. I don't care what we get. Give me a bag of pucks. I'll be happy, right? But anyways, we'll talk about anything, right? We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, and, and <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, Islanders are better than the Sabres. It's hard to hard – to, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about anything. And, again, we just – we enjoy uh, the camaraderie. So uh, to close out this podcast, for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince – And we'll talk to you soon.